This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. The best and the greatest opportunity that you and I have of being able to serve a lost and dying world is to simply proclaim the truth of what's taken place in your own life. You may not know a whole lot of scripture passages. You may not have memorized the Romans Road or the four spiritual laws. But beloved, your responsibility as a believer is to learn the Word of God in order that you might share the Word of God. Pastor David will be continuing to exhort you today to take personal evangelism more seriously. You have a responsibility to proclaim Christ because someone somehow proclaimed Christ to you. How can you keep such good news to yourself? When you're in love with God, you desire to obey Him. And what does He ask of you? He asks you to share the good news with whoever is in your sphere of influence and even to go into the world. Do you have a love for the lost? Do you even care? Now, here's Pastor David in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 15, with the conclusion of our message entitled, Divine Pedicure. And what Isaiah is speaking here, even as physically the children of Israel were imprisoned, he says, here comes one with a great message of good news that says, the victory is ours. The victory is ours. The battle is over. We have salvation at hand. And that whole idea that when I see one coming with that kind of message, man, it is good to see it. It's good to hear it. It's good to receive it. And it's interesting that Isaiah speaks that of the one or the feet of him who brings good news. And Paul yet spins that around a little bit when he quotes it in Romans. And he says, how beautiful are the feet of them. Understanding and knowing that it is the message and the responsibility of the multitude of the church to be those that proclaim the good news. Continuing on in Isaiah, there in 52, Isaiah is still speaking about the captivity and all that's taking place, and he moves right into chapter 53. And in 53, beginning in verse 1, we read these words, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Church, who is it that Isaiah is speaking of here? Jesus Christ Himself. That's the good news. That Christ came. He was stricken by man. He was crucified by man. He took upon Himself the sin of the world. Beloved, that is the good news of salvation. And Paul, in this whole message, back now in Romans chapter 10, understands that when he says that not all have obeyed the gospel. That's why Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed Our report, the message has been declared, but they were not believing it. For Israel had heard the message time and time again, and yet they had not believed it. And when Messiah came, they rejected him. He says in verse 17, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God needs to continue to go out, 
continued to be proclaimed because it's only as the word of God is proclaimed to a dark and dying world can the hearing actually take place. And only when the hearing takes place can believing take place. Only when believing take place can the calling out or the crying out to God take place. All of these are necessary things. And we as the church and as individuals who make up the church, our responsibility is to cry out to the nations. Our responsibility as the church is to broadcast the gospel to the world that's around us. You see, they're not banging the doors down. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but the lost don't stand in line to get into churches right now. But yet you and I interact with them all week long. You and I are the gospel to a lost and dying world. You and I are the hope of the message of Christ to the people of our families, of our neighborhoods, of our workplaces, of our schools, in every aspect of our lives. You and I are the proclamation of the gospel. Let me ask you, are they hearing it from you? In verse 18 and 19, Paul goes on, But I say, have they not heard? Well, yes, indeed, he says. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, did Israel not know? Well, of course they knew. It's kind of like there was an alarm that was going off. And they say that, I'm sorry, we didn't hear the alarm. And yet that alarm was through all of the ceremony, all the rituals, the the temple itself, the promise, the word of God, the law of God, the prophetic message from the prophets, the declarations of the fathers of the past that have spoken about the hope that's found in trust and faith in Jehovah God. And that alarm had been sounded to the children of Israel over and over and over and over again. And yet some have said, well, we didn't really hear it. He says, oh yes, the sound has gone out to all the earth and to the, and their words to the ends of the world. And then he says in verse 19, he says, but someone say, did Israel not know? It's kind of like, okay, I, I, I heard the alarm, okay, but I just didn't know what to do when I, once I heard the alarm. It would be like you and I sitting in a building that has a fire alarm. Suddenly the fire alarm goes off and we listen to the alarm and say, well, that's a loud, irritating bell. And we sit in our place. None of us would do that, would we? What would we do if we heard the fire alarm going out? We'd proceed to the closest exit. Because we knew if we stayed and doing what we were doing while the alarm was going off, that we risked destruction in our own life. And for Israel, the alarm bell had gone off for generation after generation after generation after generation. And when Messiah came as a fulfillment of all of that law, they rejected the truth. And because of that, they suffered greatly. They suffered the destruction of their nation. They, dis- they suffered for all eternity, those who rejected the Messiah, the hope that was found in him. But you see, it wasn't just the Jew. It was the Gentile only because it wasn't just the Jews that put Christ to death. No, the Gentiles were just as responsible for it. All of mankind was responsible for the death of Christ. And yet we are all benefactors of the death of Christ. What a strangeness that is. 
that we are all responsible because of our sin, and yet we are all benefactors because of his gift of salvation. There's actually no excuse for any of us to be able to, to, to have heard the message and not to have received it. For Israel, Paul goes on there in verse 19. He relays what Moses had already said. In verse 19, he says, First, Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. And I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. In essence, God was saying, Because you will not listen, I'll call the Gentiles. And now we are the benefactors of that. We are currently in what the Bible speaks as the time of the Gentiles. The time that the message is going directly to us, not by way of Israel. You see, Israel's responsibility as the receivers of all the blessings of God was to be the evangels. They were to bring out the message to the lost world around them. And yet they got very comfortable in religion. They got very comfortable in going through ritual. And beloved, unfortunately, it's very much like the church today. We are recipients of the message. We are recipients of the salvation and the blessings of God. And we get very comfortable in coming and having our little church clubs and our feel-good messages. And we do good to one another. And we take care of our own. And all the time, the world outside of us is dying and going into an eternity without Christ. And beloved, our responsibility is to proclaim the message. Paul goes on. He speaks also uh, the words of Isaiah. He says in verse 20, Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. And again, Isaiah speaking, of the Lord speaking through Isaiah says to Israel, I'm going to reveal myself to those who didn't even seek me, who didn't even know about me where Israel had all the ritual, all the ceremony. Israel had the the heritage and the law and the word and the prophets. He says, I'm going to go from you and I'm going to go to a Gentile people who are so involved in such a multitude of, of pagan worship, a multitude of other things that don't even look to me. And I'm going to bring my message to them. And how does he do it, beloved? He did it initially by the word of angels on a hilltop outside of Bethlehem. But from that moment and from that time, from those shepherds going to that manger, and it says, and they left there rejoicing and declaring to everybody the things that they've seen. Oh, that's what we as the church need to be doing. That's the call that God has in our life, that we would move from this place and proclaim to a lost and dying world the reality of Jesus Christ, the hope of salvation, the love of God, the long-suffering and the patience of God and the mercy of God that He extends out. How does He extend it out? Well, we see it even in verse 21. To Israel, He says, All day long I've stretched out My hands to a disobedient and contrary people. Let me ask you, did God stretch out His hands? You know He did. He stretched out His hands on the cross and He allowed us to kill the very Son of God. 
who knew no sin, but who became sin on our behalf. God stretched out his hands to receive even a disobedient and a contrary people. But even now, as he's off the cross, and he's now risen from the dead, he's now standing with the Father, his hand still reaches out and declares to us that whoever would call upon him would be saved. Beloved, that's the message and that's the hope of the gospel that you and I, we have within our lives if you're a believer here today. But have you taken opportunity to proclaim it to a lost and dying world around you? You see, that's the end of this chapter, but it's not the end of what I want to speak to you this morning. Remember, we talked about that divine pedicure and I want to give you some opportunity of Gaining that divine pedicure in your life. How do we do that? By becoming proclaimers of the gospel. And I don't care how ugly your physical feet are today. I want to see your spiritual feet beautified. The best and the greatest opportunity that you and I have of being able to serve a lost and dying world is to simply proclaim the truth of what's taken place in your own life. You may not know a whole lot of Scripture passages. You may not have memorized the Romans Road or the four spiritual laws. But beloved, your responsibility as a believer is to learn the Word of God in order that you might share the Word of God with people that need to hear the Word of God. You and I as believers have that responsibility. And you might say, well, I don't even know how to share my faith with anybody. Well, follow along with me this morning as we look at just a few passages of Scripture. I want to, you to prepare yourself for this pedicure. One very easy passage, and you can write these down. Look at them later. One very easy one is found in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Paul, writing to young Timothy, just gives this declaration. He says, Timothy, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. You realize the simplicity of that message? It's a message that's so easy and so simple that any of us could share that. The names that I've chosen for the rest of this message pay no resemblance to actual names, okay? Say I have a friend whose name is George, and I've known George for years, and I've never shared the gospel with George. How easy it would be for me to say, George, you know there's something I've been wanting to share with you, and it is of the utmost importance. I don't know what you know about the message of who Jesus Christ is, George. But this one thing I knew, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And George, I was one of those. I'm one of those. And that's the simplicity of the message of Christ. Do you know Jesus Christ, George? Do you know that he came to make the payment for your life? Now, George might be a real righteous dude. He might be a good moral person. He might be upstanding in his community. And he might say, well, I'm not a sinner. He might look at me and say, well, I can understand that you're a sinner, but I'm I'm not a sinner. 
And very simply, the word gives us in Titus chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Ah, George, but, well, let me read Titus first, and then I'll show you how easy it is to relate it. Titus 3, 5 and 6 says that it's not by works of righteousness that we've done, but it's according to his mercy that he saved us. Through the washing of regeneration and by the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us in abundance through Jesus Christ, our Savior. How would I use a verse like that? Oh, George, I know that you're a good guy. Man, as a matter of fact, I am impressed by who you are and your impact on our community and your family. I look at your family. You've got a great family. But, George, you need to understand that the Word of God says that it's not by any work of righteousness that we've done that's going to be able to afford us that relationship with God. Because, George, God is a holy and a righteous God. And no matter how high up we reach, we'll never reach to the holiness of God. Don't you agree with that, George? Do you really look at yourself as holy? I know you're a good guy. But do you match the holiness of Almighty God? You see, that's why works of righteousness aren't going to cut it. But it's according to His mercy that He saved us. He wants to come in and wash us clean, to regenerate, to, to, to remake us inside. And He does that by that work of His Holy Spirit. And George, God loves you so much that He gave it to us abundantly through Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus died. Because the need that we have for a Savior. And George, I'm not saying you're a bad guy. I'm saying you need Jesus. You see, we don't have to go and, 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 and come to friends or families or neighbors. You know, you're such a sinner. If you don't turn, you're going to burn. You know, we, we, we don't need to have that message. As a matter of fact, the message in the Word of God says that it's His kindness that leads us to repentance. You see, it's when I understand that it's the greatness of God's love. Because He cares so much for my friend George, or my co-worker Sally, or my neighbor Andy. It's when I come to understand the greatness of God's love for them is the same love that He had for me that brought me into His kingdom. And I start getting concerned about eternity for those that I interact with every day. It has to come from me. It has to come from me in a natural and a real way. Not in order that I might get another notch on my Bible and say, oh, I shared the gospel with one more person today, so I'm ranking up points in heaven. No, folks, it's because the world is destined for an eternity, a Christless eternity in hell until they come to a saving knowledge of Christ. And you and I have the responsibility of sharing that truth to the world. Oh, there's another verse, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, very familiar to many. Again, that idea that it's not by anything we can do. Paul says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For it's by grace that we're saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works. Else we'd boast. Lest anyone should boast. You see, George, 
It's by God's grace that he's offering salvation. And that's through faith. Just by faith, believing in the completed work that Jesus paid the cost for our sin. That's the simplicity of faith, George. Just knowing that you cannot do it on your own, but it's by grace through a work of faith. It's not of ourselves. It's the very gift of God. And God is offering that gift today, George. And I want you to know it. I want you to receive it. It's not going to be of works because, you know, George, if it was by works, if, if either one of us could gain it or earn it on our own, We'd be able to boast. We'd be able to say, well, yeah, I'm going to heaven because I'm such a good guy. But none of us can boast in that. None of us can say that it's because of anything that any of us that we've done that we're going to heaven. It's the very work and grace and mercy of God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, George. And that's what God wants to give to you today. And you know, that brings us around all full circle back to Romans ten thirteen. That whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Because you see, George might not be a real moral person. George might not be a real good guy. As a matter of fact, George might have a pretty shady past. He might have some actions in his life that uh, he's absolutely ashamed about. And in his mind, God could never and would never receive him because of his own wickedness. And you know, the promise and the hope that you can give George or Sally or Jack or Sam or any of those is the grace of God is so wide and so deep He says, whoever calls upon him shall be saved. George, do you know that this gift is yours if you'd simply cry out to him today? You see, beloved, that's the message of the gospel. That's the simplicity of it. There is a vast amount of of, of things that you could get to to help you in understanding how to share the gospel. But the greatest way that you and I can share the gospel message with a lost and dying world that we come and we hit against every day of our lives, that we interact with in every aspect of our lives, the best way that you and I can share the truth of that gospel is simply by knowing it ourselves and then relating that to someone else. But the problem is, is most believers have grown fat, lazy, and comfortable. And we don't have the love for the lost that we should. Because if we truly, truly believed that eternity is only a breath away and we had the cure for their malady, would we be embarrassed to share it with them? Would would we be hesitant to make a fool of ourselves by saying that this is the cure for that that's bringing destruction in your life? Beloved, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your responsibility is to know the gospel and in knowing the gospel, to share the gospel 
with a lost and dying world. I really don't care what shape your physical feet are in, but in learning how to share the gospel, you gain for yourselves that divine pedicure. That when you come into people's lives and you interact into people's lives, they'll realize this is one who's bringing good news, glorious news. News of salvation. News of hope. And beloved, that's our call as believers. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word, the teaching ministry of Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. To learn more about The Open Word, visit our website at theopenword.com. You can download today's teaching or subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. Subscribing to The Open Word Podcast is the best way to stay up to date with all the latest messages from Pastor David. To subscribe, log on to theopenword.com, click on the podcast option on the homepage, or simply search for The Open Word in the iTunes Store. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at theopenword.com. That's info at theopenword.com. When you contact us, please let us know the call letters of the station you heard The Open Word on and how today's broadcast has blessed you. Your feedback helps us know the Lord's direction for this ministry. Once again, you've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel in Casa Grande, Arizona. In the next edition of The Open Word, David will continue teaching through the Word of God. So please make plans to join us again, and may God richly bless you.